Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. And we are going to continue talking today about prayer. And want to start with James chapter 5, verse 13, same as we did yesterday, but we'll go on to some other ones. He says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, his sins will be forgiven. You get all that out of prayer? Oh, a whole lot from prayer. Yeah, and you know what's really great here is if you're sick, pray. If you're feeling great, pray. If you're suffering, pray. The answer to everything, as we talked a little bit yesterday... The answer in James seems to be always pray. It doesn't matter what season you find yourself in in life. If everything's going perfect, kids are healthy, the job's working just right, everything couldn't be any better. You know, you don't, you can't even hardly imagine how life could be better. Pray. You're suffering. Things aren't going the way you want them to go. Pray. You're sick. You didn't want to be sick. Pray. So no matter where you are, no matter what is happening in life, we are to pray. He says the prayer, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And that's where I want to spend just a little bit of time when he talks about the word fervent. I think that there's times when we pray that it's just kind of lip service. You know, it's, it's yeah, somebody asked you to pray for him, so you did. Then there's times, I think, when it's a little more personal. It's a little more fervent. Somebody you really care about is sick. Somebody you really care about is hurt. Somebody you really care about lost their job. Or maybe it's you. I think there's a difference in the way that we pray, the fervency in which we pray, the the number of times a day when we pray, the, how much, and how do you say this, how much we're into it, I guess. How much we're putting our energy into the prayer. How much we really care about the prayer. Because I think there's times when people say, well, you pray for me, and you just kind of pray for them, and, and it doesn't hit you as much as it does like if it was your son or your daughter or your mother or your father or your wife or your husband. And, and I think probably everybody listening to this knows 
that there's been times when you've prayed and you really were more concerned with what was going on. Your prayers were more fervent than they were than when you were just kind of giving lip service to the thing. I'm convinced when Peter is about to drown and he says, Lord, help me, he really means it. He's not just doing lip service there. He's not just got something to say. He means, Lord, help me. I need help right now, and I need it now. And so when he talks here that the prayer, what's he say here? That the the um, effective, fervent. fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I think that part of what we're talking about here in prayer is our heart and our attitude and our thinking. Um, as you're praying it, are you thinking about the baseball game that's on later or the basketball game that's on later or what you got to do after work today? Or is your mind completely on God and what you're saying to him and what he's saying back to you? When I hear the word fervent, I'm thinking in intensity. Right. And, and, and as you were just speaking, again, that's how the Holy Spirit works with me. Scriptures were just going off in my head. And, and I recall that Jesus says the kingdom of God suffers violence but the violent take it by force. Well, we know that's not literally. We take it by force in prayer. Our, 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 our prayers are forceful prayers. That makes it fervent. And it's consistent prayer. That's fervent. Again, you were saying we pray all the time. We pray when we're joyful. We, 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 we just pray. And again, look what, look what it says here in Luke 18, chapter 1. This is uh, Luke. Referring to what Jesus said, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. That's that fervent right there, not lose heart. You say they're always to pray, and we know that's praying always. And I believe the effective part of that text that he's talking about, he says the effective fervent. A lot of people don't realize you just can't pray anything and hope it'll stick. You got to pray the will of God. Because his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it, God only watches over his word, which is contained in his will. When you pray his perfect will, what God's will is, that's what he that's what gets released. So a lot of people are not praying the word of God. Again, they're praying their worries. They're not praying their promises, but they're praying their problems. Their fears. Right, right. Yeah, you can't pray that. You got to pray in faith. You got to pray what God said in his word. Okay, he says, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Well, your prayer should be in line with that. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave me nor forsake me. You always cause me to triumph. Nothing shall separate me from you. Remember, he said, remind me of what I said to you. It's just like with parents and with we, kids. See, and we don't need to remind him. We need to remind ourselves. Right, right. He already knows. He just want to know you know. We're the, we're the leaky vessels. We're right. the ones that forget he'll always so, be there. But he said, just remind me of what I said to you, saying that I want to make sure you know. It's just like parents with children. We want a child to say their name. We already know their name because we named them. But we want them to, what's your name? How old are you? We ask them all kind of what seems silly questions. We already know the answers. We just want to know, make sure they know. You How old are you? What's your sister's name? Say your ABCs. We know they know the ABCs because we taught them their ABCs. But we want to hear them say it. And God says, I want to hear you say what I told you, what I declared in my word. And remember what the scripture says, 
He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. God wants you to know. He wants to know that you know what he said. Because that's what you're going to be praying, his perfect will. And that's what Jesus always did. He always prayed the will of the Father. And he said that. He said, I don't do or say anything that the Father hasn't told me. Not even in prayer. When I go and pray, I'm praying. And here's a, one just just brought to me. When Jesus prayed and said, I can have, he declared, I can have six legions of angels here if I want to. He, all I got to do is call them. All I got to do is pray about it. All I got to do is pray. <laughs> but look. He didn't pray that because that wasn't God's will at that time. So because he, he didn't do it. He said, I could, but because I know what God's will, God's will is that I suffer for mankind's sake. I ain't going to pray that prayer. I'm going to pray that God just strengthen me to endure this, this season. You got to pray for endurance. <laughs> that God will, because God, we want everything easy. God said, no, Sometimes I'm going to allow you to go through the fiery furnace. You're going to have to go in the lion's den. So I want you to pray that I strengthen you with all might according to my glorious power. That's in the Colossians. He's talked about praying and praying that we be strengthened with all might. So God says, pray that. Pray. That's my will. I want you to be strengthened with all. So ask me for that. Back to Mark 11:24. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Well, I'm going to pray what you just asked. You said that I can pray that I be strengthened with all might. That's what I want, Father. He said, that's my will. Here it is. Bam. I didn't pray my worries. I prayed his word. I didn't pray the problems. I prayed the promises. And then over in Corinthians, it says, all the promises in him are yes and amen. So when I pray God's will, it's a yes and it's an amen. And we look back and we see David as he's going to fight Goliath. He says, the Lord who saved me from the bear and the lion will save me from this Philistine. He doesn't start praying that God would do something. Boy, this guy's big. You got to do something. Oh, God, he you knows, just don't know how big this, the, the lion is. He knows that God has already helped him, brought him through, and that God's going to bring him through this. This is another attitude change that Christians have to have. We're much like the Israelites. We see God perform miracle after miracle. The Israelites are, are taken out of Egypt. God performs miracle after miracle. And what happens? They get out into the desert there. And, oh, why did you bring us out here to die? Oh, weren't there enough graves in Egypt that we have to come out here? Oh, when we sat around in Egypt, we sat around full pots with meat and all that we could eat. And now we're going to starve to death out here. And so they quickly forgot all that God had done. And if God had brought them out of there, had God had performed all it, surely God's going to see them through this. This happens to us as Christians today. God has brought us through all these things up to this point today. Right. But now this bill is too big. This illness is too big. This situation is too big. This is too much. And now I have to worry. Now I have to be afraid. Now I have to fret because this might, this might be the one that's too big for God. See, God could bring down all that, all those things that the frogs and the flies and all that in Egypt. But boy, this ocean, that's too big. And and here comes Pharaoh with all his chariots. That's too big. Well, God led him right into an impossible situation. What and, seemed impossible they, with men. See, to them, even though God had done all this other stuff, this one now is too big and we're all going to die. Well, that happens to people today. God brings people through all sorts of things over the course of their life. And then all of a sudden something happens and we think, this is the one. This, this might be too big for God. This is what I need to be afraid of. This is one I need to be worried about. 
And God says, you know what? I I brought you through 10,000 things up till now. I'll bring you through this one, too. You know what? There's something called the prayer of thanksgiving. We know that in the other scripture of Philippians. Let your request be made known to God. In prayer and thanksgiving. Right. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. So there's something called the prayer of thanksgiving. If you don't know what to pray about, just pray praises of thanks. Thank you, Lord. Just thank you for what you did last year. What you, thank you for supplying my needs yesterday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, uh, I was just thinking of something uh, about, oh, Abraham. Oh, that, seemed, that was impossible for Abraham. God told him he's going to have a child. And he was almost 100. And Sarah was right behind him. And it says the deadness of Sarah's womb. So an impossible situation, but the Bible always refers to Abraham as the father of faith. And just because he believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed what? He believed what God said concerning him having a child that was going to come out his own loins. Which, which, again, all things being equal, that's impossible. I haven't seen anybody, you know, in my lifetime, except Abraham wasn't in my lifetime, but that had a baby at 100. And somebody's womb but he believed God and I like what it says in Romans 4 it says Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but he was strengthened in faith giving glory to God he said he was fully persuaded that what God promised he was able to do so I believe he was just praying prayers of thanksgiving when God told him that well thank you Lord every every time he probably thought about that or said his new name because he was Abram. God changed his name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. Every time he said his new name, he probably gave some thanks. <laughs> Thank you, father of many nations. Abraham, that's what father, because I don't know what Abram meant, but Abraham meant father of many nations. And God told him to call himself that. And every time he did that, he was being strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And the scripture said he was fully persuaded that what God promised he was able to do. And that's what God tells us to come to him. In Mark eleven twenty four. he says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you received them. So when you pray, believe. Like when we pray for laying hands on the sick, we do that. We initiate it because we already believe what he said about it. That's well, why we act on it. Well, yeah. If you don't believe it, you're never going to do <laughs> you it. You ain't going to act on it. Yeah, we'll, I, uh, well, see you later. Go on home. Talked, go to the doctor. I talked to somebody earlier today, and we were talking about this before we came on the air. That said that God doesn't do miracles anymore today. That miracles were just for the Bible and that God doesn't do miracles So the Bible's anymore. no good anymore? Well, it was just the, for the you know, Bible. it's spiritual. It's all, it's all spiritual stuff. It's not about Spiritual actual, stuff don't happen no not more. Not about actually physically healing people or physically any of those kind of things. That it's all just spiritually. And I, I told him, you know, we went over some scripture and stuff. And I, God still does miracles today. If God doesn't do miracles today, then he had to completely change himself. But the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, except about miracles, except about <laughs> what he does as far as work. And then he changed on all that stuff. And well, so now, then, now, then we say to ourselves, well, what is he the same yesterday, today, and forever about if he's changed his mind about those kind of things? Well, then we got other people to say that he won't do this anymore. Or we'll say something well, he else. Won't, then he, he won't, won't do that. Then anymore. that. So, ah, wow, we didn't reduce God to, he can't do anything anymore. Sure, he can't even save. Because different people will tell you different things about what they believe about God. Again, not having a revelation or understanding. 
because the scripture says in Hebrews 11:6, without faith or confidence in God, trust, reliance, it's impossible to please him. Those who come to him must believe that he is whatever they need him to be. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Lord, I need a miracle in this case, in this situation. If you can't do it, I know it can get done. He said, okay, I can work with you. You got some belief. No, he, he, he says, no, I don't do no, miracles no, no No, you know what he said? Be it unto you according to your faith. Abraham, I believe. Uh, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And the same, he's the same yesterday and today forevermore. You, you just have to have a believing heart. Remember what he, he just, we just read this in Luke. Men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Lose heart means don't be start, doubtful. Right, don't be unbelieving. Do right. Things. That's See, what I lose mean, heart. I mean, I, if God doesn't do miracles anymore, then what does he do? Okay. Here's, ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. If God doesn't do, do miracles anymore, I'm looking at this sun. What's holding the sun up? Oh, dude, that's just nature. Uh, that's a miracle that's in itself. Natural What's science. holding the sun up? Because if, if 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 God's ain't doing a miracle, keeping it up, it, it'll fall down and burn up this whole planet Earth. Well, you and I know that nothing's happening that He isn't controlling. Right. right? I mean, it's all working under His control. Right. 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 Under right. His power. I'm not using. We don't have PG and E ain't holding that sun but, up. But, <laughs> you know, people. There's no satellites holding it up. But you hear people all the time, and, and this guy wasn't the first guy that I ever heard say, "Oh, God doesn't do miracles like that anymore." That He wasn't. He wasn't talking about those kind of things when he was talking about he's never different, that he's always the same, that it's just all spiritual stuff. And to me, if God isn't changing people, if God isn't in the miracle business, then there's no point to any of this. I've seen people healed, miraculously healed. I have seen demons cast out of people miraculously. And... It's the power of God, which is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's the same power that is going to change people's lives today. It's the same power that's going to heal people today. It's the same power that's going to save people today. And it's the same power that's going to save them and do all those things tomorrow, too. I've seen drug addicts delivered and set free. Again, demons cast out. I've seen increase in finances. <laughs> I've seen checks in the mail supernaturally. I'm serious, financial increase. And I know some God. I've seen God's favor go before me and produce for me supernatural increase, restoration, honor, prominence, preferential treatment, policies and rules changed. Those are all natural things, physical things. God still does that. He still works in us. But here's the thing. God will only work in and through us to the degree that we believe. He still puts it back in our court. Well, so, see, it's just like this person I talked to today. I guess if they don't believe that God actually heals people anymore, they're never going to pray for anybody to go. Going to be there, healed. That's it right there. So there's no way for that person to ever be healed in their mind. So they're not even going to go to God. They're not even going to ask. And then as we talk here about faith and doing as unto our faith, and you have to have faith in God to please God, you're just never even going to go ask him to do anything. You're never even going to speak to him if you don't think that he can do anything. Here's that scripture. It says, what if some do not believe that that makes the... Does that nullify The, the effect of God. And, and he said, no. He answered that with a no. I believe it's... A, I know it's in Romans, but I, I can't Romans find it right now. But he said, what if some other people don't believe? Well, I, I don't care if they don't believe. I believe. That's why we call Let ourselves... God be true and every man right. be a liar. That's in Romans 3. That's why we call ourselves, Richard, believers. 
We believe God's word. We believe it's good today, yesterday, and forevermore. We believe his word endures forever. And we believe that, therefore, we speak that, we act on that because we have faith in God. Whatever he says, he says, I am the God, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the author and the finisher of your faith. Okay, I believe. And again, it's back to according to your faith, according to what you believe, See, and that's be why, it unto That's you. why we call this show Faith on Fire, because if your faith's not on fire, if you don't believe anything, if you don't believe any of this stuff, you're never going to do any of it. If you right. don't believe that God's going to heal people, you're not going to If you don't believe anyone. God answers prayer, you ain't going to pray. Right. What's the point? What's the I point? mean, if, right. if God's not going to listen anyway, what's the point? Well, if now, Jesus is if, your Lord and Savior, and he just said over in Luke 18, 1, men ought to always pray. Lord means he's my owner. That's what Lord means. He's your Lord. If your Lord and Savior, the one that died and resurrected for you and recon redeemed and reconciled and restored you back to God and put you in right standing with the Father, if he declared men ought to always pray, and you're like, well, I ain't just going to do that. I think that's called disobedience. And, and it's called doubt and no faith because you ain't doing what he, he declared men ought to always do. Not sometimes. He said always. Well, see, and that goes right back here to James as he talks here in chapter 5. About if you're, if everything's going great, sing songs of praise. Right. If if you're <laughs> suffering, pray. It, you know, whatever you find yourself, however you find yourself, wherever you find yourself, we are to pray. And, you know, and you talk about a, the righteous, the prayers, the fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Mm -hmm. You talk about fervent prayers. When we were talking about that earlier, it came to my mind, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is praying to the point where drops of blood come out of his forehead. That's Nobody's prayer. ever going to tell me that's not fervent. That's fervent prayer. That is intense prayer. And how often do we pray like that? Most of the time, you know, yeah, we, that's throw fervent up, there. We, we throw up a quickie. You know, Lord, help me get across this light before it turns red. Lord, help me do this. Help, Lord, help me do that. Lord, and we just throw up these quick things. Is there anything wrong with those things? No. But there has to be the time in our life where the fervency, the intensity, where that's the one thing that we're thinking about above all everything else. Well, I believe that's what he meant when he said the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And every time I say that scripture, I'm reminded also of spiritual warfare. And over in Ephesians 6, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. Then he tells us over in Corinthians, the scripture that goes with that, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. For well, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. That's prayer. That's prayer right there. That's that fervent prayer. That's mighty in God for pulling down. When you start praying the will and the word of God, the heavens respond. That's what heaven responds to is God's word. And here's that scripture we were looking for in Romans. It was Romans chapter 3, verse 2. It says, so it says, for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man be a liar. So there it is. God, if, he's, if we find it in his word, New Testament and Old, or Old Testament, put faith in it, there it is. If we can, somebody that's having problems with conceiving a baby, go meditate on what God did with Abraham and Sarah. Because the word, the scripture says in Hebrews 4.12, God's word is living and it's powerful. It never dies. 
it's living, especially when we plant it in the good ground of our hearts, our spirit, and, and allow it to grow up. <laughs> that's and, it, and that's he's it. faithful to see that it accomplishes what it's supposed to. Right, accomplish. right. His, his see, word is like seeds. First Corinthians chapter one, he he talks about that God is faithful that He'll be able to bring us blameless to the day of Jesus Christ, blameless in the end. Because mm -hmm. God is faithful, not because we're faithful, right? But he's because faithful. God is faithful, well, and He's faithful to when His you put word. Trust in His word, right? He's, he's faithful. faithful to His word, he's right? And it's gonna happen, right? So you got to know what. Again, you can't pray your worries. You got to pray the word. You can't pray your problems. You got to pray the promises. And this Bible is a conglomerate of prophecies and promises. And you just all you have to do is real simple: put faith in it, trust it. Remember, he told he said this over in uh, Hebrews three. He referenced the children of Israel in the wilderness. Then he references it with us because it's in the New Testament. He said the word that they heard didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith. So when you hear the word of God, all you got to do is mix it with some faith, and the faith comes from you. And God said it'll it'll come to pass. But now you know, as soon as you pray and believe, that's when. The, when the spiritual fight starts. Well, yeah, the devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Say, you know, that's when the fight starts. So as soon as you pray, work. I believe, declare, I believe, I receive, the fight's on now. Right, the devil's going to come along and say, you so, know, that's never going to work. Right. God, God's that, not going to do and it And he's going to bring people in your path to help reinforce well, what he wants you to believe. Members, huh? Yeah, yeah he's going to work on them. He's going to work through them. And you got to know that because that's why the scripture tells us in Timothy, fight the good you know, fight you, of faith. You, you know what is really interesting as we talk about this is that so often, the people in your life who are the most negative about stuff are the ones that you know the best. They're your family and your friends. Jesus, the Jesus, the that are gonna come and Jesus you. revealed that to it. He said, "A prophet has honor except in his own town, amongst his own family and friends." They even looked at Jesus and say, "Oh, oh that's just a carpenter's son." But I mean, it'll be your family, your friends could be the ones who come to you and say, "You know, that's not really going to happen for you." God's not probably going to do I'm that. I'm pretty sure you. they told Jesus, dude, you're really not the Messiah. You're going to get raised up. They're going to kill you. And you're going to, come on, man. Stop. You're tripping, Jesus. And he's, he believed well, his own the brothers, father. You know, come to right. him back home. Cause I, you know, I get the idea that they're like, man, he's been in the sun too long. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. See how he's going to well, be. Well, you know, his whole conception was supernatural. So he understood, you know, that he was human on his mother's side, but divine on his daddy's side. I'm pretty sure his mother told him that, too, as he was growing up. And he believed. He had to believe in order to, to move forward in what God called him to. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about prayer. You got to pray always. And we just want to remind you before you go, pray. Pray for your country. Pray for political leaders. Pray for your family members. Pray for your children, your spouse. Just, just men ought to always pray. And we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.